0: You know they want staring point, you know we straight to the point Boy Chris with assist, fast breaks like a joint splurring hair Boy J with the J, we throwing heat, no gas, that's a touchdown pass. You know just how we coming, so it's nothing left to say. Now they hardly can guard me like Dirk fade away. You know just how we coming, so it's nothing left to say. Yeah, you know just how we coming, so it's nothing left to say. They want staring point, you know we straight to the point. They want staring point, you know we straight to the point. They want staring point, you know we straight to the point. They want staring you know the point, want you know we straight to the straight to the.
1: me seventy six bringing us into episode number one twenty nine. Up straight to the point. My name is Chris, and not with me this week is my guy J Dub, as the four-letter folks have got him working overtime. However, however, we have Heaney seventy-six, the man who does our intro, the man who gives us locks every week. On to 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 not take Jared's spot. You know, it's just a a spot start for this week. You know, as Jared up and and performs his 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 duties that his job requires him to do on a daily basis. So, Hemi76, what's going on, man?
0: I'm cool. I'm cool. I'm just here to, you know, fill in and give a couple takes. You know? Yeah,
1: you, listen, you're here to be Cooper Rush, bro. Hand the ball yes, off. Sir. <laughs> the, backup. Yes, sir. The, the backup. The backup. The yes, backup.
0: I'm ready. I'm ready.
1: We're talking this week about the divisional playoffs, of course. You know, at the, the biggest story we have, we're down to eight teams. We got four games to decide who's going to be the representatives in each conference championship games. And as we look to the schedule, the NBA trade deadline is coming up. So I'm going to ask him 76 his thoughts on which team needs to make a move in the next two weeks to to make a run late in the playoffs in the NBA. But but let's start with the NFL playoffs and the big news and the big notes is, is the biggest thing that's going around is. Every team is kind of like those heavy favorites: Kansas City, Philadelphia. They're on upset alert, as we saw two upsets, quote unquote, last week with Minnesota, who you know I, I believe I called that,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and Jacksonville, and which a lot of people had had talked, you know, had talked about. Kansas, uh, uh, the Chargers doing Charger-like things. They didn't see them going up twenty-seven and losing, but you look at what's going on and what's transpiring. Would you think that there is a another miraculous upset that's
0: happening this week? Um, not necessarily. I mean, this is like with four games left, we got the best of the best teams left. So as far as upsets go, anybody that's really a heavy favorite should win, like the Eagles or the Chiefs. But you know, with the NFL, like they say, is every every given Sunday, right? Whatever it is.
1: Yeah, I mean. And that's part of the thing. But I think with a team like Philadelphia, who's seeing the Giants for the third time. Right. I talked about this last week with San- Seattle and San Francisco. It's hard to beat the same team three straight
0: times. Yeah, but, but San Francisco did it, even though the first half was relatively close, right? 17, 16 at halftime. That's when they they started going on their run and ended up winning the game by 20-something. But, yeah, like you said, it's – um. To beat a team three times in the same season is tough, but you know if you're better, you're better. You know what I'm saying? Like at the end of the day, you got to throw numbers out the window sometimes and go, "Who's the better team?" The Eagles should win, you know, but you know.
1: Yeah, of course, it's always anything can happen if you don't. It you. But you look at like that San Francisco Seattle game. That first half, Seattle had to be perfect.
0: Yeah, you know,
1: in Seattle had to have everything break their way for them to be competitive. Because once it didn't, it got away from them very quickly. And I could see the same thing happening in Philadelphia, where it kind of might start close mm-hmm. and the Eagles just kind of take off at the end. Um, yeah. What about Jacksonville and Kansas City? Do you see a scenario? Where- Jackson,
0: it, that, that one is a little interesting to me because, like, I could see a scenario where Jacksonville comes out and because the, the Chiefs don't Play defense that particularly well because there there is a scenario where the where the Jags could get up early, and then the Chiefs might not have an the Chiefs will have an answer for them, but they don't want to get into a shootout with the Jags. You know what I'm saying? Because it's like it's that team that team has momentum right now after what happened last week. So you might they don't want to get into a shootout with them. You know, and and part of that I think. Is you know the
1: narrative always used to be you don't want to get into a shootout with the Chiefs.
0: Yeah, and you're saying right.
1: getting the shootout with the Jags because they have a lot of the same quality.
0: No, it's because the Jags score in bunches to me. Like with a uh, ETN, the way he runs the ball, the way they and with their coach, they they just go for it anytime they get an opportunity. So they they're a team that puts pressure on you. You know what I'm saying? Their team that puts pressure in it because that, those those um those turnovers that Trevor Lawrence had uh, in the beginning of the Jack of the Chargers game those were all from like him trying to force it, him trying to force it. like they do it they do a lot of like um they they force the issue on teams is what I'm trying to say
1: yeah and I think a lot of the things that we talk about with Jacksonville are kind of attributed to the Chargers as well yeah. you know we talk about how much Brandon Steele goes for it on fourth down. But it's just, it's something about it. I don't know if you can agree with what I'm saying, but it's something about when Staley is going for it versus when like Doug Peterson is going for it. Like I feel like
0: Staley's. I think it's more of a confidence thing. Like we saw, we saw Peterson do it already in Philly. Like he was the go for it guy. You know what I'm saying? Like like, almost no matter where they were on the field, he would go for it. So it's like transferring that over to the Jags. I feel like you kind of get some of that confidence from your coach. You're like, okay, no matter what, he kind of goes for it. So he must believe that we can get it every time. You know what I mean? But the Eagles still kind of... So it's, it's a weird
1: thing with the Eagles, and I was thinking about this earlier. They still kind of do the same thing that they did in 2017. Right. There is a There's better nuances and better players, but there is not a, at least to me, there's not that far of a difference in philosophy and a difference in you know, what I'm seeing day-to-day between Peterson and Sirianni. Like, the team... As
0: as it pertains to, like, their philosophy on fourth down?
1: As it pertains to the philosophy on fourth down, the way they... Like, they do a lot of the same... A lot of the characteristics...
0: I've never had a problem with teams going for on fourth down. It just depends on what you're doing. I was saying... Because it always becomes like a, a thing where it's like, you went for it on fourth and you didn't get it, but what if you did get it? Because and then, it, then it becomes a different story. It's like, okay, well, it worked, so you're not gonna get no criticism for it, even though the decision might not be rational at the time. You know what I'm saying? Like, t- like Staley goes for like on fourth down anywhere. Sometimes it's just like trick plays sometimes, runs, draw draw play runs, um, runs up the gut, like the stuff like that, where it really doesn't even make sense that you went for it, you know? or going for it when you're already up by, like, four. You know what I mean? Unnecessarily.
1: Right. So you're saying it's it's less risks Yeah. Peterson or somebody else does it, but it's more risk when Staley does it.
0: And it's more of a confidence thing. Like, if you believe that you can get it, it's like any type of play call has to be executed. You know what I'm so, saying?
1: So let me ask you this question now. Because my point, my point with the Sirianni-Peterson comparison was that at the core of it, the team the Eagles team has not really changed, right? right like they're the same relatively they operate the same way as they did five years ago
0: right
1: through coach, yeah, but the team structure itself is relatively the same yeah
0: hasn't been hasn't been uh too too long since
1: right right, right to see what Peterson did because a lot of a lot of times like People people forget, when before Peterson came, they had Chip Kelly, and the Eagles had right. Chip Kelly, and the Eagles were going backwards. Right. And Peterson took that team to a Super Bowl the second year. Yeah. And I'm not saying Sirianni's going to, you know, like, I'm not already jumping the gun that Sirianni's going to win the Super Bowl this year. Kind
0: of are, but continue. I'm
1: not. I'm not. But <laughs> look at what Doug Peterson did year one in Jacksonville. Yeah. Basically taking over a dumpster fire
0: mm-hmm.
1: in Jacksonville. Do you think Jacksonville is a year ahead of schedule?
0: I, it's hard for me to evaluate Jacksonville. I mean, besides like their offense, like I know how good of their offense of the offense they they have. Like they scored, they scored like in the thirties and the forties a couple of times during the season. But it's hard to predict them because they look so awful in the first half of that Jags game. Now, most of it was attributed to turnovers because the Jags aren't. I mean, the the Chargers aren't twenty points better than Jags. You know what I'm saying? But because of the turnover discrepancy in the first half, it just became a 20-point game, you know? So they're not that different of a team. So, but it's hard to evaluate where they are right now because of how lopsided that was. Like they scored, they outscored them 31 to three in the second half. You know what I'm saying? Like that's not that's unthinkable in the playoffs. So like they have momentum right now, but it's hard to say if that's gonna transfer over to the Chiefs on the road, you know what I'm saying?
1: Yeah, and is, is there a – is there something to be said for them being a contender next year? Like, do you think they'll be among the the AFC elite teams next year? Like, will they overtake a team what's like – what's,
0: what's the elite? That's that. what's that, three teams, four teams? Three, three, I, four
1: teams. No, then no. So, like, who – so, like, of the elite, what I'm saying is Kansas City, Buffalo – Cincinnati,
0: Cincinnati, yeah. Baltimore still in in the in the mix a little bit.
1: Okay, okay. What about so we're assuming Baltimore with Lamar coming back?
0: I mean, yeah, with Lamar coming back, yeah.
1: Okay, because you wouldn't put them among the elite teams with Huntley back there.
0: I mean, Lamar. I don't, I don't know. I'm not putting Huntley in the equation. I'm saying Lamar or ex quarterback. You know what I'm saying? Okay, all right. It's quarterback Z, whatever.
1: Never. So, yeah. would you? So, you're not going to put Jacksonville among those elite level AFC teams next year.
0: Jacksonville doesn't have a track record or something like that. Like they, they sucked last year, even though we know they coached the situation with the guy with the Meyer from um, Ohio State. We know, we know their issues last year, and then this year they, they were literally the almost like the the definition of a mediocre team. Like they'd win a game. And then they lose by a lot. And then they win a game and they lose by a lot. It's only like lately that they've even uh, put together a, a string of victories at once, you know?
1: So, yeah, I definitely agree with what you're saying. I mean, so. when, you
0: first started the, when you first started the show, I, I said that I could see a scenario where they win. But as I'm talking about it, like, you know.
1: <laughs> started talking yourself out of it?
0: I, I don't think they're going to win that game. <laughs> so you- put a little money on it, though. You know what I'm saying?
1: Of course, we know you pro gambler. Little
0: bit, little bit. No, you you're not a you're not a uh, you're not an amateur yourself.
1: <laughs> but when it comes we, to gambling. But we talk about these these elite teams in the AFC. We know how these teams are talked about with you know with national regard. Like they're held in higher esteem than other teams in the AFC. So you're saying that Jacksonville, if Jacksonville has a track record of like let's say if Jacksonville does this again next year, let's say they, yeah. they have a better record, they don't struggle as much with Tennessee or Indianapolis or Houston or whatever. Do you think that they'll the, the conversation around Jacksonville starts to shift?
0: Oh yeah, yeah, of course. Well, I mean, it's obviously it's like a it's a recency bias thing. Like if they were to beat the Chiefs this week, then yeah, they they put themselves in a level with other teams because now it's proven that they can at least hang. You know what I'm saying?
1: Gotcha, gotcha. So I, I definitely understand that. So now pivoting back to the NFC. We have three NFC East teams that are still alive. Right, right, San Francisco right. out west. Do you see a scenario where it's either Dallas or the Giants in the NFC Championship game versus – because every, everybody thinks it's going to be San Francisco-Philadelphia. Everybody thinks it's going to be 1-2 for the NFC Championship game. Do you see a scenario where either Philadelphia or San Francisco loses this week?
0: Um, well, I don't think, I think there's a real strong possibility that Dallas wins this week against the 49ers, but that's mostly, it's a combination of two things. The 49ers are way too hot right now. It's, it's, it's unprecedented for a team to enter the playoffs with like a streak of this like duration and then just like to keep going. This is yeah this is this is like 07 Patriots because to me if you just look at the entirety of the NFL season the 49ers had a game not too long ago against a team that's really really similar to the uh, to the Cowboys. I I think I think you might know what team I'm talking about. They got a mediocre quarterback, uh a top flight wide receiver, a good running back, questionable coach. They play out west.
1: Are you referring to Seattle? Close. Are you
0: referring to the Rams? Close-ish. I'm talking about the Raiders. Oh. Uh. I'm talking about the Raiders. The Raiders and the uh. Kansas, similar offenses. And when they played, when they played a couple um a couple weeks ago, the 49ers with Jerry Stidham at quarterback, by the way, they got the the it, it was about a 60-point um game as far as, like, total. Yeah,
1: it was was a a very hard
0: time Or something like that. Like, if the 49ers want to do that, if the 49ers don't tighten up that um, aspect of their defense, as far as, like, their their propensity to give up, like, big plays, I don't think they want to get into a shootout with Dallas. Like, Dallas is hot right now in offense. They're running the ball really, really well. They're hitting guys wide open for some reason. You know what I'm saying? So, if if we're talking about, like, the Dallas offense that we saw, against the uh, Buccaneers or the one we saw against the Eagles or the one we saw against Minnesota, Dallas should win because San Francisco can't do a shootout with somebody.
1: Right. So you think it has to be Not a really pair, their like, game, you know, pound Because we talk about, like, everybody talks about the Shanahan's and how, how the Shanahan's are just offensive geniuses and whatever the case may yeah. be. But that team really isn't built, like you mentioned, to go – Point for point with people. That team
0: doesn't play the way their personnel says it should because they have the talent on offense. Kill at tight end, Ayuk and Debo and Christian McCaffrey and the guy um who's the guy number fifteen? I forget his name. The John one, Jennings. Uh, what was his name? John Jennings. Jennings. Okay. That like they they've got talent all across offense, but they decide that they just want to play ball control in defense. You know what I'm saying? So it's really hard to like. Think about them getting into a shootout with Dallas because if Dallas scored, like let's say Dallas jumps out to like a 10 3 lead, you know what I'm saying? It's and, and let's not forget the revenge game. Like last year, they got embarrassed, they they had like five straight, uh, five straight opportunities to tie the game up against the 49ers last year right. and couldn't come up with any points at all, not even a field goal. And I feel and I think in the NFL that kind of like it's the same personnel, like it's the same guys on Dallas,
1: you know, all right for the most part.
0: I feel like a lot of them they still remember what happened during that game and it's going to it's an extra motivation on top of it being a playoff game. And Dallas Dallas plays they don't play better on the road but it's less of a I feel like it's less of a distraction cuz last year it was just too much going on with that team last year. And then as soon as they went and played at home against the 49ers they lost.
1: Do you think there's any any validity to the to the idea that they come
0: out flat in big games. I mean, as far as like, yeah, there's validity to that, but it hasn't happened as of late. Like the Washington game didn't mean anything. They lost that one. Then they played Tampa. The Tampa Tampa one was a trap game of all trap games because you and I both said we could see it going Dallas way or it could be the collapse. Right. When Buccaneers go on to play um the 49ers in uh, Santa Clara, you know what I'm saying? But yeah. they they stepped up like that was a wire-to-wire win. Like there was no there was never a doubt of who was gonna win that game, you know what right. I mean? Right. But they, they haven't slayed those demons yet, but for now they're um hot-ish, I guess.
1: They're they're hot-ish. So yeah, hot-ish. what I'm gonna do is we're gonna we're gonna put a pin on this conversation. We're gonna come back at the end of the pod do a little predictions. I'm not going to have you. I'm not going to have you do any predictions <laughs>
0: because
1: you are do your lock of the week this week. Yes, sir. So I'll be giving my predictions and my reasons why at the end of the, at the end of the show. Yes, sir. So let's transition over to the NBA and the trade deadline is coming up in about two weeks, the second week of February. Who in your idea is a team that needs to make a move to solidify a deep playoff run? You have this, this, Still, this this problem in Phoenix with mm-hmm. Aiden and he possibly could get moved. Will Brooklyn try to make a move to solidify a run in the East? Is there a team that's looking to just tank and start giving up pieces like Detroit or Charlotte? Is there not? Yeah. You know, just just talk to me about what you think is going to happen and who really start needs to start making moves.
0: Phoenix, Phoenix fumbled that in situation a while ago. They um. They played like uh chicken with them with the contract. They finally gave them the contract after the uh qualifying offer, signing trade, whatever fell through. And now, like everyone predicted, like nobody's surprised that they're at the moment they start having in-game issues, the A thing props up again. You know what I'm saying? So they, I think as far as like the team that's in the in a trading. Uh, situation right now, it's the Suns first and foremost because they got to figure out what they're gonna do because like Chris Paul is not playing as well, Booker's hurt, and the Aiden thing has popped up again.
1: Okay, so what's the what's the end goal? Is it the trade Paul? Is it the trade Aiden? Is well, trade? I don't oh. Paul
0: trading Paul. I don't even know what that means. Like who's gonna take Paul, Chris Paul's contract? You know what I'm saying?
1: Is there a team? Is there a team that is a point guard away?
0: I think Chris Paul's done, bro. I think that's what I'm, i think that's what it is. Like I think the Suns are done because the Suns go as Chris Paul goes. You know what I'm saying?
1: Okay. So So is there a situation where the Suns could hit reset and try to bring in a young point guard or younger point guard? Maybe who's someone who maybe still has a little bit of juice left to take that Chris Paul spot.
0: Yeah, if they could but I mean in the NBA today, like that's why the Aiden thing is such a problem. Like in the NBA today, if like nobody's gonna pay you 40, 35 million dollars to rim run and dunk, you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know who who Aiden thinks he is by you know, like even acting like he's in a position where he even deserves that money. Because if you're not a center like a Jokic. Or an Embiid, or even a town town that's like offensively elite. You know what I'm saying? Like I don't understand why you would ever give somebody like a max contract at the center position. So he's in a scenario where he's either gonna they're either gonna trade him somewhere where he's not gonna get no shine. You know, they're not gonna win a lot of games, and maybe the Suns can recoup some value off of that, or they're just gonna send him somewhere for pennies. You know. So what team is there? A team that can that facilitate- needs a center. Yeah, that
1: could facilitate having a justifying an eight and bringing them in and paying. Them I don't pay. see a
0: team that would take on that contract now. So, do you think unless they, unless there's a team out there that actually thinks DeAndre Ayton is like a top two, top three player on the team? You know what I'm saying? So- like maybe Detroit would do it, but I don't know even I don't even know why they would like.
1: What would Detroit gain
0: from that? Huh? What would That's Detroit what gain? Like, what, what would they gain? What would Charlotte gain from getting DeAndre Ayton? You know, it's true. Like, nobody would, like... The only thing with Charlotte... that
1: So, Charlotte is kind of... Charlotte is kind of interesting. However, for Phoenix to facilitate any Aiton move, I think they would have to try to recoup something to replace...
0: This is gonna end end the whole draft in the center in the top five, top ten thing. Because the same thing was happening with James James Wiseman. James Wiseman sucks. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) He... He was drafted second overall for some reason, and he's awful. You see, what I'm saying same thing with DeAndre. DeAndre a was the number one pick in the draft. Like he's he's not bad, but he definitely didn't deserve to go number one in that draft. And now they're in a situation where they don't even know if they want to pay him, and they drafted him first overall. And they just finished paying him, and they're gonna trade him. So you know, gotcha. It's Is Ray- the whole center getting drafted in that uh, in those spots. Like you're only gonna see centers in like the top sixteen, now or something. I mean, in the bottom uh, sixteen.
1: What about what? I mean, you have. The center, the prospect of uh, uh, is he a center,
0: seven
1: four? Like whether or not he's a center by style, he's a center by like, he's going to play center.
0: I mean, I get like,
1: it. Like, I'm i talking about when I talk
0: when I say center, I'm talking about these traditional centers that really can't do nothing without much facilitation from other players. No, you know no, no. He's He's poor he's Porzingis. Like, he, he's you know. like KD Porzingis. I mean, we're we're giving him like all these lofty like names and stuff like that. Like I don't wanna act like I'm I've been watching his games every night or something, you know? Yeah. But I I hear the chat. <laughs> yeah, but that's that's where
1: I think it's gonna be. But he's I think he's gonna be listed as a center by just or or at least a four like he's gonna be listed power forward center, one of those things. Yeah. What about what about a team that's that's maybe Look in the tank and just unload some pieces. I'm thinking maybe like a Utah, maybe a Detroit. What do you think?
0: Uh, Utah should be tanking. They should decide to you know pull the plug on some of the. I mean, it's hard with the tanking thing now. Obviously, like I hate to I hate to break it to you, but you know one of the worst GMs in sports, Adam Silver. <laughs> <laughs> Decided that he was gonna tweak the the uh, lottery odds, so now it's just like it's just randomness all over. Like teams that really don't like who won the lottery last year.
1: That's a good question. Let me let me look that up. Who won the lottery last
0: year? I don't even remember who was the first pick in the draft. Why am I drawing a blank?
1: Well, we know we know. Uh, Wiseman was two. No, so that's, that's
0: a while ago. <laughs> no, that was. That was last year. Nah, we talking about Ooh, what, of, what draft are we in? That's
1: the <laughs> what's going on. What year is this? NBA uh,
0: draft twenty twenty two. Who was the first pick? It wasn't Cunningham. Cunningham was a year. Before. It
1: was the Magic. It was Bancaro, My guy.
0: Oh yeah, Bancaro. That, yeah, that's how would how I forget? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. The okay. So the Magic are a bad example. They were actually bad. But what I'm saying is <laughs> still bad. <laughs> What I'm saying is the top, the, the worst three teams get the same odds in the lottery. So the tanking thing, it only depends on how far you get down if you want to continue. So we're like right now we're looking at the the, uh, the tanking standards, right? standings, right? TrustyTankathon.com. Yes. On Tankathon, the worst team in the NBA currently is the Houston Rockets at 10 and 35. Mm-hmm. But a lot, the, uh, the Pistons, not the Lions. Not your your Lions, the Pistons, and the Hornets, Uh 12 and 34. So, yeah, I mean, those teams, I don't think they have to do much to stay in that bottom tier. Like, the Charlotte's roster is bad. Detroit's injured all the time. And Houston is terrible.
1: Yeah.
0: San Antonio is down there also in Orlando. So, yeah. Yeah. I don't really see what these other teams would have to do to, like, keep those spots. Lakers can't tank because they owe their pick to the Pelicans.
1: So there's no incentive for them to tank.
0: Yeah, and the Blazers, I think they're more interested in making the playoffs, even though they're out of it right now. The Bulls, now yeah, the Bulls are interesting. The Bulls had problems earlier this year, right, as far as, like, uh, not getting along.
1: Uh, I'm glad you.
0: Teammates allegedly not getting along. Like they may, they may look, look for a reason to trade a Vucevic, who was a bad trade to begin with, maybe trade Levine also, depending on how long he wants to be there. Mm
1: -hmm. That makes sense. So, Charlotte, uh, I'm sorry, Charlotte, Chicago, these are examples of where we can go and possibly see teams start to get off of that. I don't know who's going to take that Levine deal, but.
0: Yeah, Chicago's in a Chicago's in a is a, in a iffy situation because they're they're close to like playing territory, but they're also close to like, you know, like super lottery, like, the bottom, the
1: bottom, the bottom tier, yeah,
0: like where lottery actually happens, you know,
1: exactly, exactly. So as we put a pen in the NBA conversation, we're going to circle back as we end this show, wrap it up with the NFL divisional playoffs. I'm going to give my predictions. He 76 is going to save his prediction for the lock of the week.
0: Lock of the week. This
1: week. Exclusively (laughs) on the Straight to the Point Instagram page. Lock, lock, lock. So, for the first game, Kansas City hosting Jacksonville. I have Kansas City winning this game.
0: You got to give the points, too. Stop playing, man.
1: Let me give the points. They won. Usually usually it's me and Jared going uh, back and forth. But... Since I'm doing a solo, dovo this week, uh, <laughs> the points Jackson uh, Jacksonville is eight and a half point underdogs on the road. Mm-hmm. I'm going to take Kansas City to cover the eight and a half. Okay. However, I think that Jacksonville Jacksonville is going to start hot, and then Kansas City is just going to kind of just. And still lose think, by nine. Okay. Yeah, and still lose by nine. The second game, the Giants seven and a half point dogs in Philadelphia. Wow. Uh-huh. I have the Eagles covering the seven and a half.
0: Wow. Okay. okay.
1: I think it's. I think it's one of those situations where, like similar to Jacksonville, I think the Giants start off in it. I think they kind of start to see the Eagles kind of maybe break that rust off a bit. And the history just, is go. definitely
0: not on your side with this one.
1: His, history is not on my side, but maybe, just maybe two
0: one seeds to cover. Hold
1: on, hold on, hold on. Maybe, maybe some things will change. Maybe not be so
0: chalky. You know what <laughs> You know what? I know you don't want to hear this, but you know what happened to last year's one seed in the NFC? <laughs> yes, I do. The last, you know, you know the last,
1: you know the last one seed to win a uh, to win a Super Bowl in the NFC. The Eagles, right? Twenty seventeen Eagles. Twenty seventeen. Next game, Cincinnati traveling to Buffalo as five-and-a-half-point underdogs. I'm going to take Cincinnati to cover,
0: Hmm.
1: but Buffalo to win the game.
0: You're not getting yourself a lot of cushion right there.
1: I have Buffalo to win the game, but Cincinnati to cover. And then the final game, Dallas and San Francisco.
0: Just take San Francisco, bro. You know you don't
1: want to say Dallas. Just take the point. I don't want to say it. Just take the 49ers. Don't just... wanna say it. However,
0: either way. I, I, I kind of want to see it. Don't say Dallas because maybe, maybe you're the final, final uh word. Maybe as soon as you say, don't say it. <laughs> just say 49ers. Based on everything
1: that you talked about, how San Francisco <laughs> is, they're due. <laughs> Shanahan's are classic chokers.
0: Oh, my.
1: Classic chokers.
0: 28-3?
1: 28-3. Don't think about all the times that Denver choked in the 90s. The yo, Raiders put, the 90s. Pause,
0: put a pause on that for a second. Matt Ryan get all the jokes about the... uh No, 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 no. I, I hold Shanahan's feet to the fire on that one, too. Shanahan was there throwing the ball up 25. You know what I'm saying? Let's stop. Yeah, let's stop. Let's put let's a pin. He ain't no genius, yo. He, listen. Everything
1: that you mentioned about San Francisco, as much as I think everyone want to see San Francisco, Philly, I think more people want to see Dallas, Philly for the NFC Championship game. More, yeah, I good. have, but you know the collapse is happening, so give me San Francisco at home.
0: Yeah, Niners money line. Niners money line. 49 yeah. <laughs> Niners win, yeah. I hope the 49ers win. So I don't like anything about the Cowboys either. <laughs> So thank y'all for listening to
1: another episode of Straight to the Point. If you liked what you hear, tell a friend. To tell a <laughs> friend to tune in. Make sure you follow Straight to the Point on all your favorite socials. That it's at Sttp Podcast. Make sure you follow me at underscore Chris Cross. My usual host J Dub at underscore J Dub Hughes. And make sure you follow Hemi seventy six as he's making his return to the socials. That's at Prince one X. Yeah, I'm on,
0: I'm on all the joins, yo. Um, yeah, what Chris said. <laughs> <laughs> Well, Chris well, said, I'll, I'll, I'll have the locks for y'all um tonight. Speaking of those locks, make sure you check
1: out Hemi 76's exclusive locks of the week on our Instagram page. That's at STTP Podcast. They're sponsored throughout the rest of the season by D-Stanley Catering, 721 by DSC. For the best food, yes, I said the best food in all of the Philadelphia Tri-State area. Make sure you follow D. Stanley Catering on Instagram. That's at D. Stanley Catering. And visit their website, www.dstanleycatering.com.
0: Go Sixers!